This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. you know obviously you notice we are we've had one of our projectors out but we've got the, we're working on that we've got new projectors in but we've got some electrical work that's got to be done hopefully that's going to be done next week and so we'll have both of those back in appreciate you being patient with us we're working on it as quickly as we can amen, amen. so if you have a little trouble seeing the screen if you want to move over it won't bother us a bit so we're talking about our series for this month of, of December's Jesus, Light of the World. And He is the light of the world. Amen? Amen? Absolutely. The Bible says that He came into the world and He was that true light which, which lights up the whole world. You know, we who are believers, we've experienced that light coming into us. That light has brought illumination and understanding. It's brought the love of God into our hearts. So many things. And so we're going to continue talking about it, uh, embracing the light, embracing the light. Because, you know, I want to walk in the light, don't you? It's so much better. You ever, you ever got up in the middle of the night, and, you know, and the light wasn't on, and you're trying to feel your way around, and maybe you, you stump your toe on the, you know, the bedpost or something? That's no fun, is it? I like to have light, that, you know, and the Bible tells us that until Jesus came, that men walked in darkness. And without the light of Jesus in our life and ruling our life, we can walk in that darkness. And when we walk in darkness, there's a good chance we're going to stumble, aren't we? You know, <clears throat> light stands for illumination. You know, thank God we got light in here this morning. It's illuminating so we can see one another. It's something that reveals, it has its source in God, and it's revealed to us in His Word, the Bible, and in His life, which comes into us through the new birth and the Holy Spirit. Amen? And this is a light that's offered not only to us who are believers, but to everyone everywhere. And so this light comes to us only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm a way. He didn't say, I'm a door. He said, I'm the door and the way. And he's also the light. So when we embrace him by faith, when we embrace him in our life and say, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to be a disciple. Amen? And you know, following Jesus is not for the faint of heart. I'm not, going, I'm not going to try to, you know, I'm not going to try to deceive you in any way or make it sad. You know, following Jesus is not always easy. I mean, you know, if you, you're going to be like a, a fish swimming up water, upstream against the current sometimes, especially in our modern-day culture, you know, because man says his wisdom is the light, but Jesus says that his wisdom is the light. And we have to make a choice, don't we? Whether we're going to walk in our own wisdom or man's wisdom or whether we're going to walk in God's wisdom. Let's look in John's Gospel. We've looked here once before, but in John's Gospel, chapter 1, Let's just read the scripture again. Speaking of Jesus and his coming, and of course this time of year, we, we think about the birth of Jesus, the incarnation. And it says here in verse 4, In him, speaking of Jesus, was life. That word life there is the Greek word zoe. It means eternal life, the God kind of life. So when Jesus came, 
He had a life. Yes, he was a human being as well as God. Somebody says, How's that? How could he be uh, all man and all God? I have no idea. That's way over my pay grade. Go talk to God about that. I just believe it's true. Amen. He was the son of man. He was the son of God. Amen. But when he came, he had a life. He brought a life with him that was distinct and unique. Even though he, in his humanity, identified with us, he brought something called eternal life. And that eternal life is the light we're speaking of. That what, that's what brings understanding to us. That's what brings recognition of who God is and His kingdom and His, His ways and His word. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When we receive the light of this life in us, it drives out the darkness that was there. Amen? The Bible says that every man, that means every woman too, that's born into this world is born under the covering, or if you will, the influence of darkness. The darkness. The darkness came because what? Adam sinned, didn't he? When Adam sinned, the light went out. You could just say that. When Adam sinned, he turned the light out. When Jesus came back in his death, in his resurrection, in his uh, uh, atoning sacrifice, he turned the light back on for us. So everyone that receives him, the switch flips back on. The light comes on when God's life and light comes into us. Now, all of a sudden, we see things differently. All of a sudden, our perspective begins to change. It's because eternal life is the light of mankind. It's imparted that life and light is imparted to our spirits when we believe on Jesus Christ as our Savior. I remember when I got saved, you know, I didn't get saved in a traditional way. I came back a long time ago when it was called the Jesus Movement. Anybody remember that? You're giving away your age. I saw that, James. You put your hand down real quick when I mentioned about age. <laughs> you know, that was back in the 60s and 70s, what they called the Jesus movement, you know. The people that were, you know, the, the long-haired people. And, you know, of course, in those days, it was illegal to smoke marijuana. Now, it's just about legal everywhere. Those days, we had to sneak around. Come on, nowadays, you can just do it on the front porch. But anyway, you know, I came to the Lord in those days. I didn't get saved in a church meeting like this. You know, uh, an old washing machine was my altar. And the guy that led me to the Lord used to be my dope dealer. So it was, you know, God's not confined to just doing something in a service like this. And let's be encouraging that. God wants to use you out there in the workplace. I mean, I I was the most unlikely candidate for being saved of anybody you've ever seen. But somehow, because someone took the time and took uh, an interest and had enough of the love of God in them for me, they, be- they witnessed to me and they began to share with me. And you know, you don't have to be a theologian. Just tell people what God did for you, that, just like I'm doing now. We're like the man, you know, that he, Jesus healed that was blind. They kept questioning him about, you know, about Jesus and who he was and what he said he was and how it happened and all that. And finally, the man just says, you know what, I don't know about all that theology. But here's what I do know. I once was blind, now I can see. So, you know, if nothing else, you can tell people that. Isn't that right? Just share your story or a part of your story with people as you have opportunity. And, you know, out of the light that's in you, God will begin to bring light into other people. 
You know, sometimes, you know, people hear the gospel the first time and the light comes in and they accept it. But a lot of times it's people like me who are (laughs) hard-headed or maybe the darkness has a stronger hold on. But little by little, the light began to penetrate, just like he said here. The darkness couldn't overcome it. The darkness couldn't overcome it. And all the darkness that was in me, and there was plenty in me, believe me. I'm not happy about it, not proud of it, but it's a fact. But if God could do that for me, He can do that for you. He can do that for people in your life, maybe a family member, maybe a co-worker. He is the light of life, and He wants to impart that light as we share our testimonies, we share our uh, experience in God, as we share uh, His Word, light from us, the light that's in us, begins a little bit of it begins to spill over into them. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. Well, I remember he would, he would witness to me, you know, and give me a track, and I'd just wad it up and throw it in his face. Grace, it didn't bother him because he knew what we were like. Because <laughs> he used to be like us. You know, but it, it would be amazing. I'd be out and about doing things, and I don't want to get into that, but it wasn't godly things. But, you know, even in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit began to speak. He began to speak. He began to take that little bit of light that had been shared with me, and He began to speak it to me. He began to to deal with my mind and my heart about it. And that's the same thing that will happen as we share with people. And sometimes it may look like the most unlikely person would ever receive, but you just don't know, do you? You don't know. You don't know. So, you know, since we don't know and only God knows, we're just going to share the seed with everybody. We're going to share the light with everybody. You know, and what happens when God's light comes in and when we're born again, you know what it does? It just realigns our life back with God. You know, when God made Adam and Eve, they were in perfect harmony with God. They were in fellowship with God. They were in the Garden of Eden where God wanted them to be. And they were doing what God called them to do, to keep the garden. They were in perfect alignment with God. And when that happens, see, there's peace. There's joy. There's righteousness. There's purity. And all we're talking about is once they went their own way, they got out of alignment. That's what the Bible calls sin. And so darkness came. Their understanding was changed. All of a sudden now, instead of fellowshipping with God, they're hiding from God. They're afraid of God. And you know what? Many people that we think really don't want God, they're just where Adam and Eve were. They're just afraid. They're afraid. They don't know that God is a compassionate God, that God has already provided for them so that they can be free of the burdens of sin in their life. And that's what we're called to do. And you know, and if you're a believer, your life has been brought back into right relationship with God, right alignment with God, what we call, the Bible calls the new birth. But it's really light. And the Bible goes on to tell us if we'll embrace that light, and if we'll walk in that light, then we can grow in our love, grow in our faith, and grow in our relationship with God. Amen? The Bible wants us to grow up, not stay babies. Thank you for that amen. I appreciate that. Light also represents a revelation from God. It represents a revelation. Look in in 2 Corinthians. I want to read that 5.17 before we move on. 2 Corinthians 
chapter 5 and verse 17. Notice how Paul puts it here, writing by the Holy Spirit. 517. I'm in 1 Corinthians. That won't work. Let me get over there real quick. Here we go. He says this, therefore, if anyone, I'm sure glad he said anyone, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. What does he mean by being in Christ? It just means when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, then the Bible says that you what? You become a new creation. The new creation has come. You're a brand new person on the inside. I remember when, when, when I was saved like that, I mean, the sky looked bluer. The grass looked greener. I mean, it, it, was, it was as if I had this sudden paradigm, which I did, a paradigm shift. Now, I didn't know the theology of it. I couldn't explain it the way I do today. I just knew something happened. Something was different. And somebody says, well, that was just psychological. Well, it might have been psychological, but it was rooted in the Spirit. (laughs) Amen. He said, the new creation has come. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And all this... Is through Christ. All this is from God who reconciled himself to us through Christ. So, revelation, light represents revelation from God. The word revelation in the scriptures comes from a word called apocalypsis. Apocalypsis. And it literally means to take the cover off of. To take the cover off of. Now, I'm going to give myself away here. hope I, I don't offend anybody. Anybody remember the, the old uh, series of movies called The Matrix? A few timid hands. I mean, you know, that was full of symbolism. You know, The Matrix was a computer-generated dream world designed to keep those humans under control. The humans were kept sedated and effectively living a virtual life. But Neo, of course, Neo means new. Neo is awakened, and he realizes all of a sudden that the life he thought was real wasn't real at all. And he discovers from Morpheus that there is a prophecy that one is going to be born into that world that's going to have the ability to change the whole world. Sounds familiar, huh? (laughs) And really, you know, if we think, isn't that what we're talking about today? Jesus is the light of the world. He took upon himself the form of humanity. He identified with us in our humanity. Yet at the same time, he was the God of creation. He brought light and life into this world. And all of a sudden, those of us who received that light of the gospel, received that light of the new birth, we're just like Neo. We're like, wow. I thought this was the way it was. And this is really how it is. Because the Bible tells us that this whole world system is under the control of darkness, the God of this world. And so people are out there living a life that they think is real. They think this is what really matters. It's, you know, it's my career. It's my job. It's how much stuff I own. It's what I've planned for my retirement. It, you know, nothing wrong with those things in their right order, but the, we're living in a, they're living in a world where they think that's what it's all about. 
And when you're dead, you're dead like a dog. That's it. That's the end of it. God is unknowable. God is, you know, there is no God. You know, science is our God now. Nothing wrong with science, but it's not God. Amen. Thank God for all the good things science does, but it's not infallible. It's not omniscient. This don't, this don't elevate it to Godhood. It's good in its place. And I thank God for all the benefits. We're enjoying it today. Air conditioning, light, sound, all that. That's, it's wonderful. But it's not God. And so we want to get light. light. The light life of God was revealed in Jesus. And what it does, as I said, it begins to align us in our spirits first. And then in our thinking and in our lifestyle. See, we make, I think in the church, historically, we, we've made a, a grave error because we said, tell everybody, you come, you know, come to church, come to God, get your life right, and then you, then you it's impossible. I'm telling you what, after 40-something years, I still hadn't got all my ducks in a row. Seems like I get these four ducks in a row and the other three are. And I get those three ready and there's two more out. It's a process. And it begins with the new birth. It begins with us believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. It begins with the light coming into us. But God wants us to grow up after that. And He wants that light to affect not only the inward man, but the outward man. He wants it to affect our mind and our thinking. Amen? So that we begin to get our minds renewed and we begin to think as God thinks. We begin to, we begin to think, because this is really just God's thoughts, isn't it? It's God's thoughts written down. And so when I read this, you know, I can know what God thinks. I can know what God thinks about health and healing. I can know what God thinks about my marriage, about how I'm to raise my kids. I know how God, what God thinks about how I'm to manage my resources and my finances and my time and relationships. And just, you know, all that uh, pertains to life and godliness. Peter said, God has given us what? His wisdom and His thoughts. It's His light. And that light not only needs to come to the inside of us, it needs to come to this part of us. What the Bible calls the soul of man. And that's really where our problem comes in, isn't it? The, the soul of man and then this stuff called the flesh. The Bible teaches us that our bodies are not redeemed. That's why even though you're, you're, uh, you're saved, you're, you're a believer, you love God with all your heart, if you don't do something with this flesh, mm-mm-mm. It gets you in trouble. <laughs> Jesus is the light of the world. Say that with me. Jesus is the light of the world. And when we say world, you know, we're not talking about the trees and the plants and the birds and the animals. We're talking about the Greek word there is cosmos, K-O-S-M-O-S. We get our, our English word from that, cosmos. And it just literally means a system. Now, it can mean a natural system like the stars and the planets and so forth. But it also has to do with a system of government, a system of ruling and reigning. The Bible says that, that all of mankind is under the influence. If you're not a believer, you're under the influence of darkness. So really, this is why we see when we look at our governments, whether it's a, a republic or a democracy like in the United States or we're looking at a dictatorship in North Korea, there is a degree of darkness that is controlling people in those governments. That's why Paul tells us to pray. Are you listening? 
And we, you know, sometimes as believers, we think, well, what's going on up in Washington? I wish those people would get some sense in their head. And, you know, just, you know, but we have to understand there's influences that are, are from the kingdom of darkness. And, and, and while there are a lot of, uh, you know, believers in government, thank God for that. We're so glad for that. But there's also a lot of darkness that's there, too. And so it's our responsibility, you know, as believers to let our light shine. One of the ways that we do that is Paul said, he said, first of all, he said, I want you to pray for all those in authority. Now, if he just said criticize all those in authority, we'd have it made, wouldn't we? It's a natural thing. We, you know, for our flesh, we want to criticize. We want to find fault. We want to see what's wrong. It's real easy to see what's wrong. But you know, it takes insight to be able to see what is right, what is good, or what could be. And you know, the Bible calls being able to see what could be faith. And one of the things, and some of the things that come as a result of light coming into us, that light revealing the kingdom of God and understanding in us, one of the things that happens when the light comes into us, it begins to produce some things. It begins to be a deposit in us. One of those things is love. Amen. Let's look over, look over in 1 John, over there just for a moment. 1 John chapter 4. Well, I love the book, the letter of 1 John written to believers. I mean, he gets right down to it, doesn't he? But the key in all of the epistle of John is this, is understanding about light and love. That's what the, the apostle John talks in his epistle here. It's about God being light and he said in him there is no darkness at all. He is the perfect one. He's the only one that's perfect. The rest of us are still, by the grace of God, working on it. But that's why it says in him is no darkness at all. He is perfection. He is, in him is light. James said it this way. He said, he's so full of light that, you know, he can't cast a shadow. <laughs> it's impossible. He's always the brightest light. <laughs> Amen. It's like trying to find a shadow on the sun. Now, notice in 1 John 4, verse 16. <clears throat> he said, and we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Amen. Now, first, first John, turn to chapter 1 there. You're right there, verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his Son purifies us from all sin. So this light that comes into us, one of the things that, that it produces in us is the love of God. Now, we're not, when he talks about love here, he's not talking about like a husband loves a, his wife or you, like you love your kids. He's talking about agape, the, the love that God has, the unconditional love of God that can love people even when they show their worst side. Mm. That can forgive people even when they do you wrong. Seven times in one day. Woo. Actually... Peter told, Jesus told Peter, he said, not, I said, I don't say seven times. He said, I say 70 times seven. Whew. 
You know that's going to take something outside of ourselves, isn't it? It takes the love of God. It takes that light. We're talking about embracing the light. When we embrace that light, that newness of life, we release something in us. One of the first things that's released through us is the love of God. So that we can, be, we can be patient with people. We can forgive people. We can take no notice when people do us wrong. Woo. We might need to embrace that light a little more, hadn't we? We might allow that love to rule us some more. Another thing that he talks about is faith. Faith is one of those things that's born of the light of God. You know, when light comes, we, we already talked about this, there is illumination. We can see things. And faith is the ability to see things in the light of God that is not apparent to those who are in darkness. You know, uh, our military and all, especially the special ops and all, you know, they have special equipment. One, one, one part of that equipment is they have special goggles that allows them to have night vision. They can put those on, and somehow, I don't understand the, the, the science of it, the mechanics of it, but somehow it enables them to gather whatever light is there, ambient light, and focus it in such a way that they can see, but others without that special equipment, they're in darkness. And see, what happens when us, as believers, we receive the light of Jesus, the light of God in us, and by that light, we are able to see things that others cannot. And the Bible calls that faith. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Not seen by who? Those in darkness. But seen by us who are in the light. Amen? We can see things before anybody around us sees them. It's called faith. Faith is the substance of things we hope for. So by faith, we can see That loved one coming to the Lord. By faith, we can see that marriage being healed. That relationship being restored. By faith, we can see God moving in places where in the natural, without that special God-given light, it looks hopeless. Which brings us to the next thing that this light gives to us, and that is hope. Well, I'll tell you, if there's anything the world needs right now, it's hope, isn't it? And of course, we're at the time of the Christmas season. This is a time when people, you know, at Christmas time, there, there, there's two, basically two groups of people. It's those that really uh, are enjoying, you know, all the benefits and the joy of Christmas and, you know, and all the festivities and everything. But for a lot of people, it just, all it does is it brings out in contrast the hopelessness that they're, that they're dealing with. Maybe it reminds them of a loved one that's not with them anymore. Maybe it reminds them of a fractured marriage or relationship. Maybe, the, it, maybe it's reminding them of something, you know, that, that's very negative. Even though all around them, everybody else is saying, oh, isn't it wonderful? Don't, you know, and that's a time when, you know, the light that is in us should produce hope. And, you know, when we shine our light, as Jesus said we should, then one of the things that comes out is not only love, not only faith, but it's hope. You know, around us... Are people in darkness or people that have been uh, hurt with life and they are needing hope? Are you listening? They are needing hope. And this is a great time of the year just to share the hope with them. You don't have to preach at them. You don't have to, to, you know, to, to, to give them a theological discourse. Just share hope and who that hope is connected to. Let people know, you know, God loves you. 
Right where you're at. He loves you right now. Not when you get all better and get all cleaned up and get your act together. And you know, and I might not can explain why that happened to you. And why, why you lost that person or why, you know, this is going on in your life. But I can tell you this, there's hope. There's hope for you. There's hope in Jesus. He went about doing good. He went about healing people. He went about helping people. We believe He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He loves you. He cares about you. There's hope for your life. God can do something in your life. All you got to do is just say, you know what, Jesus, I need your help. You know, we pray, you know, prayers, you know, leading people to the Lord and everywhere. But did you know what in the Bible, you can't find one reference to anybody praying for somebody to receive Jesus? Does that shock you? Go, I double dog dare you to go check it out. <laughs> you won't find the Apostle Paul leading anybody in a prayer. You won't find Peter leading anybody in a prayer. He just said, believe on your heart. Nothing wrong with praying. Don't misunderstand me. But see, that, that, that is a tool. But you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Anybody remember the story of Cornelius? The centurion? Acts 10? Peter, you know, Peter went in to preach to him, and before he could finish his message, how dare them? <laughs> Peter, Cornelius and all of them got saved. I mean, right there, before he could finish his message. He didn't even give an altar call. He didn't even lead them in a sinner's prayer. <laughs> See, we get, we get these things built up, and we think it's got to be this way, or people got to get saved at church, or they got to say this, or they got to pray this. No, he said, if you believe in your heart, share with them the hope. Tell them all they got to do is believe on Him. That's what He said to do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Amen? I, I don't have the authority to add anything to that. If that's what God said, then that's what God meant. And that's enough. Give them hope. There's freedom. The Bible says that when the light of Jesus comes into us through the new birth, there is freedom in us. We're free from condemnation. We're free from guilt. We're free from judgment. Amen. All our sins, they're not only forgiven. The Bible says that they are wiped clean, wiped out, and God forgets them. Now, how does God have selected forgiveness? But the Bible says that He says, I will remember your sins and your iniquities no more. Well, that's freedom, isn't it? So here's the thing. That voice in your head that wants to keep bringing up everything you've done wrong, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's that other spirit. <laughs> that spirit of darkness. Because he is the accuser of the brethren. And he wants you to live in the darkness of condemnation. He wants you to live in the darkness of guilt. He wants to, you to do that because if he knows he, he can get you to live there, you will be ineffective in sharing the light that's in you. Remember what Jesus said? He said that it's possible for men to light a light and put it under a bushel. Now, he said, don't do that. You know what guilt and condemnation and all that does? It puts a bushel over your candle so that the light can't shine out. Hope can't shine out. Love can't shine out. Freedom, you can't enjoy the freedom. The Bible says that there's therefore now no condemnation to us, we who are in Christ Jesus. The light has come in. We're talking about embracing the light. We need to embrace the light. We need to walk by the light. Because Jesus said, if you walk in the light, you won't stumble. 
condemnation and guilt, it causes us to stumble. You know, we, we judge ourselves, we're critical about ourselves, and we, we won't be long before we begin to be critical of other people and judge them. And it's because we're not walking in the light. And then the, the last one I want to mention is fellowship. It's fellowship. Notice what he said here in verse 7 again. He said, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and we also have what? Fellowship with God. We have fellowship with God. When we embrace Jesus as the light of the world, and we determine we're going to walk in that light. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk in hope. I'm going to walk in freedom. I'm going to walk in this fellowship with God and with those around me. I'm going to walk in fellowship. You know what you're doing? You're letting your light shine. Your light is shining. It's not under a bushel. It's on a lampstand. You're letting it shine. Everybody can see it. And the Holy Spirit will take that light that's, that's coming from your life. And you know what? He'll work in it in the lives of those around you. And you know, when you share a little bit of your story, you know what? It's just, going to, it's just going to be a backdrop that is illuminated by the light of Jesus in you. His grace. His forgiveness. His mercy. Wow. That's what I want to do. I want to walk in the light. I haven't arrived at it perfectly yet, but I'm working on it. Hey man, how about you? I want to walk in that light. Let me give you a couple of action points and then we're going to pray here. You know, James said, be doers of the word, not merely listeners. So here's the first question I would ask is, do you have this light in you? Do you have this light in you? The light of God, this new birth that Jesus came to bring. The Bible tells us that Jesus went to a place called Calvary. And there at Calvary, they drove the nails through His hands, through His feet. They put Him there on that cross and lifted Him up between heaven and earth. And the Bible says that, that God laid on Jesus all the sins and iniquities of mankind. Mine and yours and all those around us in the river region. Now here's the thing, you know. We need to go tell people the good news. Did you know, now here's, listen carefully. There's not a sin problem. There's a sinner problem. And the sinner problem is they haven't received the light. They haven't received the light. They haven't received Jesus. You receive Jesus, you receive the light. Then... That solves it, doesn't it? Because there can't be a sin problem. Because the Bible said if there were still a sin problem, then Jesus would have to die again. But the Bible says He died once and for all, for all our sins, for all mankind. He's raised up and seated at the right hand of the Father. He's not going to come back and die again for everybody's sin. He's already done it. So there's no sin problem. It's been paid for. But there's a sinner problem because... The sinner hadn't connected with the message of light. That's what we call the gospel. That's what your job is. Amen? And then you've got, a, you know, you got a, a, a secondary job of earning a living. 
Amen. All right. So I would ask you, do, do you have the light of God in you? And then secondly, what I'm referring to, are you walking in the light? Or are you stumbling in the darkness? You know, have you allowed things to come into your life so that your light is obscured? You know, maybe it's not under a bushel basket, but maybe, you know, there's some layers there. You know how to, uh, you know, sometimes the flesh, you know, wants to rise up. Amen. You know, and you, you have that temper tantrum. Well, you know, a whole lot of light's not shining through right then, are is it? You know. But, you know, sometimes there can be things in our life. It can be something else. You know, that's obscuring light. Doesn't mean that you're not saved. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. But it's obscuring the light. And, you know, one of the reasons the Holy Spirit is given to us is to guide us into the light. More light. Guide us into all truth. Guide us into illumination. Guide us into understanding what God's will and plan is for our life. That is, that we might more uh, uh, clearly and, and accurately reveal the light that is in us. We walk in that light. Isn't that right? We grow up. We grow up in God. And that's what it's about. So as we embrace the light, Passion Church, our life is going to come more and more in alignment with God. We're going to love more and more like He loved. We're going to forgive more and more like He forgave. We're going to be patient more and more like He was patient. Amen. Things in our life are going to begin, you know, or begin that are hindering us are going to begin to fall off. And we're going to enjoy not only more of the benefit of it, but those around us will also receive the benefit of us. You ever seen a lighthouse at night, a real lighthouse? Man, oh man, you talk about a strong light. And the closer you get to the source, the brighter you realize it is. But your light, the light of Jesus in you, that's what I mean by your light, it's the light of Jesus in you, may be the only lighthouse people will see. See, a lot of times we try to get people in church to get them saved, and then that's okay. But Jesus never said, go into all the world and invite. Did He? Nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand me. Everybody hear me? Invite people to church. We want you to. Absolutely. But here's the thing. You know, before people ever get in church, they need something out there where they are. And that's your light. That's your life. You don't, listen, you don't have to save anybody. You don't have to, you don't have to overcome everybody's, you know, uh, objections to the gospel. All you got to do is just share your life, share your light, share the truth that God's worked in your light. Don't get in an argument. People want to argue. Let them argue. Just, you know, let them argue all they want to. But you're, you'd be like the man said, you know, all I can tell you is once I was blind, now I can see. Amen. Jesus, the light of the world. Embrace the light. Embrace it. Let His light shine in you and let it shine out from you. And if we do that, then you know what? The Bible says we're true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? True followers. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, this time of year especially, we're thinking about 
the entrance of your son, the light of the world, into the darkness, the despair, the discouragement of humanity. God, on that night, there was a star that shone. Father, I thank you that that star that shone was just a precursor to reveal the light that you had sent in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that he did not stay a babe, but he grew up. He became a man. And through his words and through his actions, he revealed to us your heart and your will. He exemplified the love of God when he went to Calvary. He suffered, bore our sins, bore our sicknesses, took our punishment so that we might be free. Father, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here who does not have the light of Jesus in their hearts, that right now they make that decision. The Bible is very clear. It's very simple. It says, if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, believe that He died for your sins, and that by faith in Him, all your sins are removed, forgiven. And you become a new creation. What does that mean? The light of God enters you. And your, your life aligns with God's will and God's purpose. You don't have to pray a prayer with the preacher. Just in your heart, right where you are, you can just, just speak to God. Speak to God. Say, I believe on Jesus. I believe you died for me. I believe. I believe, Jesus that you've been raised from the dead, that you are both Lord and Savior. And I receive you in my heart, in my life. You don't even have to use those words, but you make it real. And maybe there are some here that maybe you've kind of put your light under a bushel. I don't mean by that that you've got to get on the street corner or stand up on your chair at the office and preach like John the Baptist. That's not what I mean. But you know, there are things, the Bible tells us there, there can be weights and even sin sometimes that can overtake even as a believer. And he says that we're to throw those things off. So this morning, I encourage you, if, if there's something obscuring your light, just throw it off. Just give it to God. Say, God, I'm giving it to you. If it's a sin, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can just confess that to God right now between you and Him. But let's let our light shine. Father, I pray that as we go this week to our homes, to our neighborhoods, to our places of, of work, Lord, that our light will shine. It will shine with the love of God. It will shine with hope. It will shine with faith. It will shine with freedom. So many other things that have to do with your kingdom, with your light, and with your life within us. Thank you, Father, that your grace is sufficient. That you've begun a good work in us. You also will complete it and finish it for your glory. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. You say amen. Well Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.